This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Hallelujah. Come on, can we lift our voice and give Jesus all the praise? Come on, let's shout out loud. Give him glory. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We serve an awesome God. Good evening, family. Are you well and blessed? You have a good day? Are you ready for tonight? I just want to once again honor Apostle Thea and Dr. Beverly Vormerans. Thank you so much, Dad and Mom, for this opportunity. It's always a privilege to be here, and we thank God for you as our pastors, knowing that you're setting a vision that we can follow in integrity, knowing that it's fulfilling the commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. Family, can we give our pastors a great big hand? Let them know how much we love them. Have you came expectant? Have you ready to receive tonight? Father, we are an expectant church. We love you. We thank you for your precious promise. We thank you for your life. You are the giver of life. And so we've come to receive from heaven. And we know it is your word that transforms us. It's your word that changes us. It's your word that sets this very creation in motion that you uphold all things by the word of your power. And so it's a privilege once again to be a voice to that word. And I thank you as I submit myself under your mighty hand that by your grace I may speak your word with clarity and accuracy. As your word goes forth, you're ignited with your presence. Take it deep into the heart of every hero, which causes faith to rise and dispels every form of fear. As minds are renewed to your word, understanding replaces confusion. I believe that each and every person today is transformed from glory to glory. With this, we give you alone the praise and honor in the name of Jesus. Family, if you're ready to receive, would you shout amen? Praise God as you see that open your Bible at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Let me see how many of you are here this morning. Now I'm launching off this morning's message. So if you were not here, I really encourage you to go and listen to the download, the, the, the podcast. It is so important to ground ourselves in the knowledge that we have faith. It's not something we have to try and work up. You listen to the word of God, you have faith. Faith comes by Hearing, hearing by the word of God. Remember, wet comes by water. If I threw water on you, you are wet. If you're hearing the word of God, you have faith. The key is to put that faith into action. And here Jesus is speaking, and uh, he, we, we know that, well, he'll speak in a moment. At this moment in time, Jesus has been raised from the dead. And as you know, uh, some disciples had already appeared at his grave, seen that he was there some had already spoken to him but there was one of the disciples named Thomas and he wasn't at the graveside and he hadn't seen Jesus personally and so they came and they gave him the news and we see uh, in verse 24 Thomas called the twin one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples therefore said to him we have seen the Lord so he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side. My word, that, <laughs> can you just imagine what he's wanting to do? Is to slide his hand inside Jesus. This is what he's saying. Until I can put my hand inside Jesus, he says, I will not believe. 
He has said, I will not believe. He just didn't say, guys, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if this really happened. I'm, I'm not comfortable with it. No, he made a decision. Your will makes a decision. How do you know you are in control of your will? You can decide what you believe. You can decide what you agree to. You can decide what you like. Your will is your decision. Say that. My will is my decision. And yet Thomas has made an emphatic decision. He says, I will not. He invoked his will and he made a choice not to believe. Until he could put his hand into Jesus' side, he said, until that happens, I refuse. I will not believe. And then after eight days, verse 26, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them and Jesus came. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Now, I don't know about you. Sometimes you can read the Bible and just skip over verses, skip through verses. You know, I'm just reading, scanning, read. And this is one that I just want to make sure I don't skip over. You know, there they are, they're talking about, there's Thomas, he says, I will not believe. They are shut up in a room, the room is closed, it's locked. I don't know why they were there, you know, I don't want to put any judgment on them. Maybe they were thinking, well, you know, at the moment they're arresting Christians, they've just killed Jesus, they might kill us as well. And so now they're in this room, the doors are closed, the windows are closed, and then the word of God says, and Jesus came, the doors were shut, and he stood in their midst. Now, come on, you can't just skip over that. This is Jesus. He's not a ghost. He's there in his flesh and bone body. They locked in a room, and next moment, there's Jesus. Now, how did he get into that room? If, how do you know? They, they probably did hug him, shake his hand. He's solid, but he's in the room. He was not, then he was. He's living in another dimension. I said he's living in another dimension. He, I, whether he walked through the door closed, whether he went through the wall, I don't know. It doesn't say how he got there. Maybe he came through the roof. I don't know. He, 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 he came. He's there. Heavenly God, we're going to have to get used to understanding supernatural as normal. You've you got to get comfortable with it. You, you gotta, you're going to have to get to a place where people are going to look at you and think you're weird. Come on, do you think it's possible to walk on water? And you're going to read your Bible. I mean, Jesus did. And someone says, yeah, but there was Jesus. No, hang on. Peter himself said, Lord, if it's, tell, if it's you, tell me, come. Jesus didn't say, hang on. No, 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 Peter, come on now. I'm Jesus. I do this stuff. I'll be famous for it one day. But no, man, come on. You Peter. Did he say that? He said, no, come. Jesus actually believed Peter could do the same thing. And Peter walked on the water. Yes, he went down. You can look at that. But you notice he was on the water until the waves came. And then afterwards, how did they get back to the boat? They must have walked back to the boat. Hello. I believe these things. Come on, how are you ready to believe for out there? You got to, it's amazing. You just got to read your Bible. There's some amazing things there. One day, Philip was busy walking, and there goes a chariot. 
And the Holy Spirit says to him, catch him up. Now, can you imagine? The chariot's already down the road. And the Lord tells him, go catch him. He has to run. Now, you can imagine, this guy must have been running at one stunk's foot. I mean, to catch a chariot. Come on, give me a break. And then he catches the chariot. And then you notice, you're going to have to read it in sequence. Go see this. He's running next to the chariot. And while he's running next to the chariot, he can hear what this eunuch is reading. And then he starts having a conversation. He says, do you know what that means? And the eunuch says to him, no, I want someone to explain to him. He says, well, I don't mind explaining to you. So the eunuch says, come get into the chariot. He's running. And then they get into the chariot. And then Philip preaches the gospel to him. And the eunuch says, look, there's water. What, what limits me from being baptized? And then the Bible says, so they stopped the chariot. Go read it. Come on. You, come on. You've got to go, what? Family of God, are you ready to get out there into the way supernatural? Because not only that, after they baptize Philip, uh, bap Philip baptizes the eunuch. If he comes up out of the water, next moment the eunuch's looking for Philip and Philip's gone. He goes, oh, you believe Jesus? Yes, I do. I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Boom, boom, boom. And next moment, boom, he's gone. And then the Bible says he's in another town. What would happen? If I'm busy preaching, yeah, next moment, boom, I'm gone, and boom, Dr. Bevers here, and I'm in Cape Town. Hi, family. How many people would be freaked out by that? Come on, I, I'm ready for this kind of stuff. How many you ready for this kind of life? And so here we see Jesus. He's now standing in their midst. And we're going to have to get used to being strange. We have to be used to being strange. People say those are weird people. Aliens. You believe in aliens? I do. I'm not of this world. I'm from another planet called heaven. I've been dispatched into the earth. Come on, so have you. The Bible says you're not of this world. You are a citizen of heaven. You are here on assignment. You are God's ambassador. Oh, come on. Don't get me going there. That's going to take too long. Go to verse 26. So here he is. He's standing in the midst. Verse 27. He said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your hand and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Blessed. 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 Come on, what's the blessing? The blessing is that empowerment to succeed. That ability of God that goes beyond the natural into the supernatural. It's what makes things that are not possible, possible. It takes the impossible and creates it into a possible. Blessed is the one who has not seen and yet believed. Family of God, I don't want the Thomas kind of faith. See, the Thomas kind of faith wants to see something before it believes it. I'm not waiting to see 
if coronavirus dies, it is dead. I call it dead. COVID-19, dead. Someone says, yeah, but what about all these new cases? That's just fear with its last breath on its way out. Can I get more amens? Am I in the right house? Is this Christian family church? You see, notice what Jesus said here. Look at verse 27. He says, do not be unbelieving, but believing. I was meditating on that one day, and all of a sudden I saw it. How many you know? I, you probably have it also. I've read that verse so many times. And one day I was busy meditating on it, and I suddenly saw it. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Now, if you look at that from an English construct, what's that saying? Do not be unbelieving, but believing. In other words, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Okay, just excuse me. I'm already in the revelation. You, it may take some time here. Do not be. It's a state. It's not just what you think. It's not just what you feel. It is a state. Thomas had said, I will not. He had put himself into a state of unbelief. He wasn't just not believing. He was being unbelieving. Oh, you got to get a hold of this. It is, a, it is a state. It's a way of living. And Jesus says, stop being unbelieving. Make a decision to be believing. Do I believe I can walk on water? Yes, sir, I can. I believe that. Well, it's not every time I go to a swimming pool, but if it's necessary, I will do it. I will do whatever God says, I will do it. Because if he said it, if it's in that book, I said to God one day, Jesus, if you didn't mean it, you should not have said it. Because if you said it, I'm going to dare believe you. If you don't want me believing something, you should have put in brackets, except Alan. I totally believe this word. If he said, bring the tithe to the storehouse and the windows of heaven will be open, I'm going to be believing. You cannot talk me out of that. Hundreds have tried to talk me out of it. You're not going to succeed. You're too late. I know the windows of heaven are open. I totally, truly believe that if I sow a seed, I will see a hundredfold. I had a preacher one day, a pastor, ask me, you really believe it's hundredfold and everything? Don't you just think hundredfold means, you know, you're always going to get a good harvest? Well, then Jesus should have said it. He should not have used the word hundredfold. What do you think he said? You know, if you sow your seed, you'll get 30, 60, a oh, hundredfold. You know. And then the father said, Jesus, come on. Aren't you, aren't you pushing it a bit? Oh, no, but I said it now. Now it's recorded. No. If he said a hundredfold, he meant a hundredfold. And so I said that. And then he said, but have you seen a hundredfold on every seed you've sown? Because if you start typing a hundred behind every gift you've given, that's huge. So he said, have you seen a hundredfold on every seed you've sown? I said, I have already seen hundredfold within one day of some seed that I've sown. But here's the other thing. I'm not finished yet. I'm not done. And even when I leave this planet, my seed is not done. It'll keep sowing. It'll keep reaping. It'll keep coming in. My seed is at work for eternity. 
Hallelujah. Abraham was told you'd be the father of many nations. He died before it manifested. You and I today are a harvest off of that seed. Family of God, I truly believe. You know, I am so, 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 so rich. There's not enough insurance in any bank to look after my money. So I'm going to store it in heaven till I need it. It's, it's waiting on me. All I need to do is put a, a deposit in, a, a withdrawal request. Oh, come on, you got to get a hold of this. Every seed you sow, there's a hundredfold. You're not waiting for it. See, God calls things at the end as if though they're the beginning. God first calls it so it already exists, and then he brings it in. When he said light be, light already existed. It was in him. He didn't say light now happen, and then light came out of nothing. No, he drew it out of himself. Light already existed. God saw you saved before the foundation of the world. It was already set in motion. He saw you would be born. He saw you would sin. He saw already that Jesus would have to come and pay the price. He saw Jesus crucified. It was all arranged, all organized, all done before he ever said, light be. And the moment he said, light be, it was all put into motion. And then one day you showed up. And then one day you sinned and died. And then one day you came to church. And one day you heard the gospel. And then one day you put your hand up. And then you said, Jesus is my Lord. And you thought that was when you got saved. No, that's when it manifested. God already had ordained for you to be saved. How many you believe in God for a house? That house already exists. I said it already exists. It does. It's already on the planet. There is an address somewhere. If you're going to go move into someone else's house, someone is living in your house. You just don't know what your address is yet. Even if you're going to build a house, the plot where you're going to build it already exists. The bricks and the steel and the mortar, it's all already. The wood, it's, it's on the planet. It's, your house is just scattered all over the earth. Your tiles are in Italy somewhere. You just have to go to your planet. You just need to go to your plot and start using faith to pull it all from the planet onto this plot. It already exists. You are already healed. Get a hold of that. You are healed. See, when a symptom shows up, that's the devil just trying to talk you out of your healing. How do you know since you got saved, he tried to talk you out of your salvation by trying to get you to sin? Isn't that right? So when you sin, does that make you a sinner again? No, by grace you've been saved. What did you do? You just confessed that sin and what happened? You were instantly cleansed of unrighteousness. Forgiven, isn't that right? Well, the same way, if I'm tempted to be sick, I just resist it. Family of God, you are so charged with the anointing of God. We have to actually believe the Bible. It is true. I said it is true. Do we still believe Psalm 91? Though a thousand fall by my side, ten thousand by my right hand, it'll not touch me. People worried about what's happening in China and Italy. I don't care if it happens next door to me. It will not touch me. And you say, amen. amen. Look at John chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
See, family God, they can come up with the best antivirus. The best they can do is give an antidote for that particular strain. And all the devil needs to do is change gear, and there's another strain. You run crazy trying to work out something in the flesh to defeat every little sickness and disease. But when you get the Spirit of God, the Spirit is life. Death cannot exist in the presence of life. How many of you have Jesus in your heart? There is no sickness in Jesus. There is no disease in Jesus. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. You see, the words that Jesus speaks aren't just transferring information. It's not just sound. When he speaks, life is transferred. See, tonight you're hearing a voice that sounds like Alan Bagg, but you're actually hearing God. Why? It's his word. It's his word. And the word that I speak out of my mouth has just as much power as when God first spoke it. When God spoke that word, it healed. And that same word heals today. Come on, say amen. And then he says, but there are some of those who do not believe. Oh my. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who do not believe. And who would betray him? And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it's been granted to him by my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Many of his? Please keep the verse up for a moment. I want to work with it. From that moment, many of his? These weren't even unbelievers. These were people who were following Jesus. They actually believed him in the beginning. Hello. They believed him in the beginning. And then he puts out the word and he says, my words are spirit and they are life. And some of you don't believe. And that caused something to happen in them. Something triggered that caused them to walk away. From that moment. What verse is that? John chapter, verse, mm. say what? Now that is very interesting. Now I'm not going to put too much emphasis on it because we know the translators put that in. It's just an index system. But I would say that for a believer who first believed in Jesus, for something to happen, for them to walk away, that is a work of Satan. They fell to a lie that the devil somehow got into them. They got offended, and what they used to believe could be wiped out of their life. Why? Because they were walking around with a Thomas kind of faith. They could see the bread multiplied. They could see the person healed. They could see it. But when you put emphasis on not seeing but believing, family of God, you got to get to the place where you make a decision. I refuse to be unbelieving. I'm going to be believing. And if you are being believing no one can talk you out of it do you think there's any kind of book any kind of video cd on this planet that you could ever bring me that will talk me out of the prosperity of god do you think there's anyone with with a really serious argument that could ever talk me out of it you know me long enough you think anybody's going to convince me faith doesn't work for everybody why I made a choice. 
I'm being believing. Someone comes to me, you're too late. You're too late. You cannot talk me out of it because I believe it. I'm here tonight. I'm making a choice to be believing. Let me see your hand. Said, I make a choice to be believing. See, I've been saved since 1989 and been in this house, Christian Family Church, all those years. And I can tell you right now today, if I wasn't called to plant a church in Cape Town, I would still be here. And yet I scan the crowd and I wonder where are all my friends from those days. Hello. So my question has to be in another 20 years time, how many of you I'm going to see when I come back here in 20 years time? See, it's this moment when Jesus said, then many said, well, I don't need to hear that. Come on now. I'm challenging you as a brother. Be believing. Make a choice. Say, I refuse to be unbelieving. I'm making a choice to be believing. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. I can imagine he's traveling the whole countryside, all of Israel, and he's got all these miracles happening, people being delivered, healed, set free, provision. He must have thought, let me take this home. Let me go and help my own family at home. This is awesome what's happening. Let me go minister to them. In verse 2, when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And with what wisdom is this which he has given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? They're acknowledging the miracles are happening. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon are not his sisters here with us. And so they were offended at him. Oh, hello. They, could, they, they said, yes, there's signs and wonders. This guy sounds amazing. I mean, he's so, uh, the wisdom that's coming from him. But we know you. We know where you come from. We know you were in the village. We were at school with you. We saw how you failed your grade. We saw you and you, we know your sister and brother. Come on, family. How many people are going to say, I know who you are. You come now and tell me all these things that you now believe. I remember when you were in the pub. I remember when you were running around. You were the one that was the worst drug addict out of all of us. You were the one. Come on. What's his sister's got to do with it? We know your sister. So what does that mean? Now I'm not anointed anymore. Because I have a sister that you know. And Jesus says here, verse 4, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and his own house. Family, never allow a familiar voice to become so familiar you lose the wisdom that God's given you. I see a trend happening and it, and it saddens me is that today it seems like if it doesn't have an accent, we're not going to listen to it. An accent comes and preaches, doesn't even say much, but they even go, wow, hallelujah. And they tweet, 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 and they're reposting. And uh, hang on, we have 
one of the greatest pastors, one of the greatest faith teachers, one of the greatest men and women of God teaching us the word, and it's right here in our house. Never get familiar with it. Some other voice comes along, listen to it, that's fine, but watch out who you're eating from. Just because it has an accent doesn't make it an expert. Not saying that someone with an accent is not an expert, but I'm saying let's put our faith in the right place. And then verse 5, now Jesus could do no mighty work there. Except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Jesus. 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 Could do no mighty work there. Family, it's not up to Jesus whether you healed. It's not up to Jesus whether you delivered. What was the problem? He marveled because of their, their unbelief. How did he solve the problem? He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. What was he doing? Faith comes by hearing. Family of God, if you find you slipping into unbelief, get back under the word. Get back in your, I don't care if you've heard the same joke 30,000 times. You've heard that testimony. Pastor Theo says, now let me tell you a testimony. You go, oh yeah, no, it's the, it's the garage one again. Listen to it. Because there's life in that word. I said there's life in the word. See, every time you shower, you use the same soap. I hope you shower. Every day? Yes? See, I need to be under the word regularly. You're going to eat food again? If you're not fasting, you can probably eat tonight, tomorrow morning, three times a day, maybe more. But we do. Feed your faith. Feed your faith. Every day, feed your faith. And be believing. Make a choice. If you see it in the book, I'm going to believe that. Make a choice. You know, someone once asked Reinhard Bonnke. He was in the, in the United States. And they said, why is it that when you're in Africa, and he's talking about all those crusades he did in northern Africa, and you see millions of people coming together, and then you see hundreds of people getting out of wheelchairs, blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, miracle after miracle after miracle. And then you go to America, and you just don't see it. And he pointed them to this verse. See, if we're too much in our head, and we try and reason everything out, we're locked into Thomas kind of faith. I've got to see it until I believe it. See, when you get with a people that don't, haven't been exposed to so much logic and, and, and that kind of uh, natural if doctors can heal and you need all this medicine and I've got the, the hospitals available and all that, and you say, listen, God is the healer, and you hear Jesus will heal today, and they go, okay, let's do it. How am you ready to be believing? How am you ready to be believing? Well, we're going to take some time now and worship God because His Word is still yes and amen. 
His word is still life. And I know many of you came here tonight and you need something. You need healing. You need a financial breakthrough. You need somewhere in your life. And I'm saying tonight is a choice to be believing. As we worship here tonight, don't just sing some songs because you've heard them before. Sing it from your heart to a God that you know He lives and that you love. And let Him know how much you honor Him. Let Him know how much you believe Him. Let Him know, God, I believe you are. And you are a rewarder as I diligently seek you. And this healing you've already arranged, it's already done. This provision's already given. My house is already in place. This debt is already paid. I believe that. And worship Him from a heart of worship. And family of God, I believe that there is an anointing in this house tonight. And we're going to see the blessing manifest. Because as you read the Word of God, you'll see over and over and over again. The Bible says, and immediately he got up and he walked. Immediately, the eyes, immediately, immediately, immediately. I'm ready for some more immediately's. Am you ready for that? Come on, let's stand to our feet and let's worship our God tonight. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.